Hi, this is Steve, and welcome to our special election edition of Tea with Terry. Diverging from our standard format where we talk about nothing important whatsoever, we decided to go ahead and do an episode dedicated to the election and discussing our point of views and more importantly, our hope for what happens afterwards. We hope you enjoy this episode. And again, as always, if you are enjoying the podcast, we definitely would appreciate you subscribing. And if you have any comments on this episode, please feel free to reach out to us at Tea with Terry Podcast. Now, on to the show. Well, hey, Terry and special guest, Phoebe. Hi, Steve. Hi, Steve. So we're going to have our first guest, Phoebe. Uh, Terry's daughter is in from college. We are recording this very special episode pre-election night. The reason I wanted to do this is we've almost been doing this podcast for six months. And if you remember when we started this podcast, that's when all the riots were happening. That's when COVID was getting in, in, in heavy sink and everything seemed to be crazy. And everybody that was on a different side of an issue hated each other. I have, and you know, we that's have, true. We have friends and families that, that you know unfriended them, stopped having phone calls, stopped talking because of some politics stuff. And the reason we started this six months ago, and I think the reason that the six people that listen to this every week listen to it, is because it's it's a chance for two people that don't agree on anything that actually can still be best friends and still get along even with a completely different worldview. And it's something that I wish more people could do that. Well, I've been trying to explain that to Phoebe. Some people do require living in a echo chamber and they only want to hear other people that feel the same way they do. I personally don't like that. Like I like to hear the flip side of the coin and then I kind of question and I'm like, no, I'm still going to think, you know, what I've got going on but it makes me question it and I think we should I think that's a good thing and I think the young voters today it does anger me when I only hear what's coming out of their mouths what their parents thoughts are Mm -hmm. they don't have any original thoughts they're just repeating what they've heard at the dinner table or you know when the dad came home from work is like that blah 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 whatever whatever you know they they're just regurgitating they're not figuring it out for themselves so Phoebe definitely has her own thoughts and views that don't don't mimic Keith and I. So I appreciate that about her, but I also don't want her to be closed-minded. But I do have a lot of friends on both sides of this election. I mean, I got plenty of people that I respect and I think they're smart, they're educated, they're good family people that are, you know, voting for Trump for whatever their reasons are. And then I have plenty of people that are educated and they're smart and they are good Americans and they're voting for Biden. So I don't want this election to linger after Tuesday. And don't forget, you have some very smart, educated people voting for Kanye West. Well, if he's on that's your ballot. Not, that's not true. If he's on your ballot. He's <laughs> he not was on my your number ballot. one vote if he was on this ballot. But anyway, me, I'm a very conservative. I've always been upfront about how I feel about it. My daughter is the most Berkeley liberalite person in the world and we have always had lively debates and I've always respected her point of view and I've always told her I don't need you to think like me just make sure you thought through whatever you think and we will talk through something and we'll read the same piece of information and bring two different things away from it and we've had very long deep discussions and then hug hug each other say we love each other and then it's fine because I respect the fact that she's thought about it and come to a conclusion even if it's polar opposite of what I've come with. Well, and I think you just said the key word, it's respect. Yeah, I mean, I can respect somebody that has different views, and, and that's okay. Right. That's why we are the United States of America. And maybe in less than 48 hours, we can once again be united. 
this is what I wanted to bring up, and I like to have Phoebe here to have a young person with a different opinion. What I wanted to do is I just wanted to talk a little bit about some predictions and then some post-election, no matter which way it falls. But before we get into that, I have a question for you both. Do either one of you guys know, and let me prompt this question is, I didn't 100% know before I looked it up about an hour ago. What happens if we end up with an electoral tie? Which, by the way, I, I looked at the maps, and there is an actual way that we could end up with a 269-269 tie based on the, the way the states are following. Yeah. There will be a decision. I mean, a tie would then go on to the Supreme Court, but... No, it doesn't go to the Supreme Court. Th- there is right now a, a lot of ballots that they're saying are not going to be counted right, no uh, not not talking about all the those lawsuits and everything else when all that plays out at the end of it the electoral college is 269 to 269 right okay so i guess uh, i guess you're gonna have to tell us the answer then well phoebe do you know no i don't okay because this is fascinating and it's very interesting because first of all you're right there's going to be so many lawsuits and that's going to be one of the things we're going to talk about our election predictions but before we get into that this is just something as an fyi for people so what happens is once all the, all the ballots are cast, and let's say all the states fall the way they could, and it goes to 269, 269, first of all, that doesn't necessarily mean that it's a tie because not every state binds their electoral college representatives to the state vote. So somebody from California could walk in and vote Trump, or somebody from Texas could walk in and vote Biden, even though their states didn't vote that way. And, and it's not illegal. So what happens on December 14th, the, all the electorals go to Washington and they all cast their ballot. So even if there's a tie, there's a chance that somebody goes rogue and then we have a president. Now, if that doesn't happen and we're still sitting at a tie, then the new Congress gets sworn in on January 3rd and then they all meet on January 9th, I believe, and the House of Representatives votes on who the president is. So if we have the same mix that we have now in the House of Representatives, we have a tie, nobody goes rogue, then the House will vote in the president and that president would be Democrat because they're, they're gonna probably keep the House. What's interesting though is the vice president gets voted on by the Senate. So you could literally have Joe Biden as president and assuming the Senate stays Republican, Michael Pence is the vice president. Which, ought to, which would be an interesting <laughs> situation to have. So that's how that plays out. Well, has this ever been tested in the history of the United States? The only tie they had was when Jefferson was elected. Right. And that and what year was that? That was uh, back in, I think, 1800 or something. I forgot mm-hmm. when Jefferson was elected. 1870? But they put in the, it's in the 20th Amendment is where this is specified. So legally, if the unlikely thing would happen, that's how it would play out. But what probably would happen is somebody would go rogue and then, oh my gosh, I can't imagine what the uprising would be on whichever way the rogue person went, the other side's just going to lose it. So, you know, hopefully it doesn't get there. But anyway. In my family, we have a phrase, grasping for straws. So in my opinion, this would be grasping for straws because it would be almost so far-fetched. Being it 2020, I think we should all prepare for this to happen. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's interesting. I, but the reason I, this made me think of this is I just saw a map of where everything is trending based on a lot of studies 
of where they thought it would be. I want to be the guy on CNN that touches the map and it changes colors and then yammer about it and then they push it again and it changes colors and then they've got them all red and all blue and then they're purple and yellow, which I don't know what yellow means, but I'm like, yay, Florida's yellow. I don't know if that's good. When they came out with the touchscreen maps, I, those are the greatest things. I agree with you a thousand percent. But anyway, but but what they said, if, the, if it plays like he said and then Pennsylvania and Michigan would flip to Trump, it would be a 269-269. That, which is so unlikely, but it's not so far-fetched because both of those are, are Biden states, but they have a chance. So it's very interesting. I don't think it would happen. I, and I, I actually, I do. if it was tied, I think somebody goes rogue in December. I don't think it ever gets to the House of Representatives. I just thought that was an interesting thing. I did a little bit of research on it. So now let's, get, let's talk about election. So first of all, I thought of a couple things that I wanted to bring up of how to discuss. And so the first of all is I wanted us to each do election predictions, like two things about the elections that are uh, probably not high risk in your mind. And this is not about your heart. This is about your head. What's going to happen in the election? And then one bold prediction uh, that's going to be beyond what anybody's expecting from the election. It can be anything around it. It could be about what states go, be about people's reaction. It can be about... Who, who voted for who or how, how people handle it. Do you, do you want me to go first and that would give you an idea of what yes. I'm talking about? All right. So my first election prediction is, and this is not, a, I think, a high-risk one, we will not know who won the election at the end of election night. As a matter of fact, I don't think we will know who won the election by the end of the, this week. I think it will still be in the lawsuits and complaints and voter voter suppression arguments and everything else. So I don't think we're going to know who the, the president is for at least two weeks. That's my first prediction. Second prediction is that I think that uh, Pennsylvania and Michigan, this is actually kind of bold, but I'm going with it, are both going Trump. And my bold prediction of the election is that Trump will, will get more African-American and Latino votes than any Republican president has gotten in the last 40 years. So those are my predictions. That, that's indeed very bold. What? That What, for the African-American and Latino? Yes. Really? Because yes. every all the, all the press announcements say that he's a racist. So why would they have a high Latino and African-American vote for him whenever... The, one of the things that you hear about him all the time is that he's a racist. Yeah, you said, did you say that you think African-Americans and Latinos will or will not vote for Trump? Will. That that will be the highest Republican percentage of Latina and black Americans. He will gather more than any of the preceding candidates for Republican in the last 40 years. He will, not will not. Mm. So do you, is that bold now? Yes. Okay. So you, all right. So those are my predictions. So th- those are the three. So what about... Who wants to go? You want to go, Terry? You got three predictions on the election. Do you, Phoebe? Um, I have one. Well, just, yeah, just fill it out. Uh, I think we will know okay. who wins. I mean, honestly, that's what I'm really hoping for because I'm impatient. But I really hope <laughs> and I think we will know because I think there will be some very angry people if we don't find out when we're supposed to. So you think we will know on election night? Yeah, or at least by like a couple days after. So by well, he, Steve said a week. Yeah, I said I said a week. You don't think we'll know on election night, or you do? I do. So you do think we know on election night? Okay, that actually Correct. would be almost as a bold prediction because I was listening to Rachel Maddow's show the other day, and she said if you think we're going to have it on election night, you're you're crazy. And I've heard it on Fox. You know, I've heard it on both sides, left and right. Neither one of them think it's going to get resolved, mainly because of all the mail-in ballots, which are going to be a mess. So, but. 
that's a bold prediction. I'll give you that as a bold. Do you have anything else how you feel about it? I mean, how do you feel about how the vote's going to go out? Do you feel like there's any any states that I've been traditionally red that's going to go blue or traditionally blue that's going to go red? Yeah, I've talked to a lot of my friends. My roommate is a political science major, and she predicts as well as me that Texas has a chance keyword chance at turning blue a chance it is in play i never thought i'd see it but it is in play but i mean do you think it'll be blue or do you think like is there any state that's in play right now that you are that's that's red that you think is going blue or blue that you think is going red those would be bold predictions i think texas there's a there's a possibility that texas could turn blue that's yes. not a prediction it's a possibility that any state could change colors before the election you gotta you gotta put a you gotta put a stake in the ground phoebe and you may be wrong but it's okay because then yes i do i i do believe that oh my gosh so you're going two bold predictions in a row i'm bold all right yeah you, you know you're putting it out there i'm telling you you're putting it out there i respect that i feel good about the future of this country if it's in the hands of people like you you just do it make it happen see what happens very well done do you have a third prediction do you have any like not bold prediction like do you think you have a prediction who's going to win the election yeah I, I mean i think biden's going to win and, and like i said this isn't about your heart this is about your head so you you really think that biden's going to take this correct i'm impressed i may, I may have to up, up my predictions because you can you went bold twice well i don't really know what classifies as bold and not bold i just say what i think well bold <laughs> is like if no it's outside of the norm like most people think texas has an outside shot but not that it's really going to go blue it could it very well could but it, that's that's you're predicting you're predicting beyond the, the trend lines of where it's saying it's going and nobody thinks the election's going to be over with on tuesday night but i mean there are a minority and it could be and i hope you're right because i agree with you the longer this goes it's just it's it's like a wound that's not healing you know, get it over with one side win one side loses and then let's start the healing process hopefully which probably i'm not overly optimistic of. right but then yeah but then you have to remember who is running and who has made it very bold statements saying that the transfer of power is not going to go smoothly. That so. has never been said. Okay, but anyway, all right. So your bold prediction is if Trump wins, he's not, I mean, Trump loses, he's not going to transfer power. Oh, I didn't say that. He said that. He didn't, he never said that. Like, that's never been said. Well, I mean, I, I'm, okay. Okay, all right. So what are your predictions, Terry? So what, what are your predictions on this? So your, your daughter has, has thrown down her gauntlet in a most, very impressive way. Um, I think that I think that Pennsylvania and I know, you know, they've both been spending a ton of time in the Midwest and um, Michigan and Wisconsin. And, you know, some of those states do have the potential to flip. So I think the ones that might have been Trump, like the coal miners that were up there that were like all about them i'm not sure they're still all about them well, so well, I right think now pennsylvania michigan and might... pennsylvania are both predicted to go biden so and i think that's i think that's good okay, i'm, I'm so, gonna stick with those predictions all right so that's so, your one yeah. prediction not a bold prediction but that's a prediction okay so what about another one if another regular prediction of how the election is going to go or certain like i said i made i made a prediction about well, i think florida is gonna is is gonna end up being blue i think they've got enough elderly people that i know and see and have heard and talked to and family and friends that um the covid the handling of covid hadn't been so great for them um they lost a lot of people so um i don't know i think the handling of the covid in florida with the population is what it is i don't know about the cuban vote in miami i think i i i i, I can't speak to that 
I don't know enough about okay. the well, demographics and which way they would fall. But I think in all in all, I think Florida, I think it is a swing state, and I think it's going to end up Biden. So you think Florida goes blue, which is right now Florida is it's completely a toss up, but Biden's leading. But it's but it's not nobody's called Florida like of where they like none of the pollsters are predicting Florida right, one way I or the other. Did. Yeah, okay. So that, but I'm saying that that's in play. So what about your bold prediction? The complete opposite of yours, that the least amount of African-American and Latino voters will vote for Trump. I agree with that. Okay, that's not a bold prediction because that's, I mean, that that's what everybody's been saying, that he's a racist. So that's your third regular prediction. Like, do you have a tradition that's going to buck any of the trends? Hmm. Well, I mean, I know, um... You know, there are certain groups of people, like the car manufacturers, you know, go one side, and the Teamsters go one side, and then the oil and gas people are all, like, that way. So I think my bold prediction would be that even though it's more of a kind of a Republican thing with the climate change and the oil and the, you know, the um, roughnecks or whatever you want to call it would typically go Republican. I think even that group of people that's pretty set in their ways, Houston, New Orleans, some of the big oil companies, um, oil families, people that have been in that field for a long time are going to are going to be going for Biden in bigger numbers than anyone could predict. So, I, so you you think that the Biden's commitment to green energy and his commitment to stop coal and fracking is not going to sway the voters away from him? Yeah, that's my bold prediction. So you're saying that that we're going to see a a shift away from Trump towards Biden for pe- for the people that work in the oil and gas. In, uh, that is my bold prediction. That is yes. your bold prediction. Got it. Well done. We got some pretty bold ones, Phoebe. I think you you went out there more more than, than Terry and I did. I'm impressed. So, and uh, and your your pick is you think Biden wins. I mean, I'll, yeah, I'll make the prediction that the Biden is going to win the election. But I the think Biden. that that is, um, yeah. I mean, it's it, you're okay. you're asking me not to put my heart in it if I just look at the numbers and the way things can get twisted and. Well, I tell you, like I said, not speaking from your heart, but from your head, I. I do believe Biden wins, and you know I'm not a fan of Biden at all. Like I'm well, not. Is anyone a fan of Biden? I'm not. not. <laughs> I don't know anyone that's a fan of Biden. This is the problem is that this is like like we talk about with the Louisiana politics back in '91 when Lisa and I left the state when it was David Duke, the Ku Klux Klan grand wizard versus Edwin Edwards, the criminal, and right. you just had to hold your nose and pick the least offensive person but that's not why you left louisiana is it no we left because i got a job but i wasn't right, right. but trust me i wasn't sad to leave when that was the election i was leaving from yeah but you know just like that election and this election people were willing to just overlook things because they were just invested in their candidate that that really doesn't matter what comes out about their candidate right now hunter well, biden if, stuff if, didn't matter uh, the, the, well because hunter biden's not on the ballot he, well but, he uh, is on the corruption Hillary thing Clinton, but i'm saying is no, i'm just no i'm saying is the the tendency for corruption the hunter biden thing what brought up would have mattered if we weren't ignoring anything bad about our candidate same thing with the right, stuff trump if does you're gonna pull in if you're gonna pull in hunter then you got to pull in ivanka and you got to pull in jared and you got to pull in donald jr saying, and all the baloney that goes on with them so look terry i'm not saying i want to debate the hunter biden thing i'm saying in a world where we actually looked at all the facts and didn't just emotionally jump towards a character i hear what you're saying Well, but i'm saying like, is the hunter biden is the russian probe 
for the other side. It's the same thing. There is really there is there's something that smells there, but that you can't do anything about it. And more importantly is, but we ignore it. We just ignore it if it's our candidate, which has been to the detriment of this country over the last twenty years. I've watched I've watched our country erode because we no longer hold politicians to a standard but don't you think if hillary was still running like if she ran you know whatever laws four years ago and she was on the ballot today in the year 2020 and it was back again if you were able to do that and it was hillary clinton versus trump i I, I don't think that she could win even if people despise trump they would still have a hard time voting for her right hillary clinton just wasn't isn't a likable person (laughs) it's the problem she may may have been a good leader but she just didn't, and she her, she didn't she doesn't have charisma. It just doesn't. And I'm sorry, but in politics, charisma matters. It does. Biden's got charisma. He does. You look at Obama. You know whether or not I agree with Obama's politics. I thought he was a good dude, and uh, and he had he was a very charismatic speaker. Very charismatic speaker. Clinton was a very charismatic speaker. Reagan, very charismatic speaker. And those people inspired. They they won their second terms by landslides because. Not only did they, you know, they, they, they were able to govern, but they had amazing charisma. You know, Hillary Clinton just didn't have that. She didn't have her husband's charisma. She just didn't, you know. That's the thing about it is, is that this tribalism that we've gotten to is bad. And then whenever our party is in charge of president and then we're in charge of the Congress, we let the president do whatever they want. Bush got to do it whenever he had a Republican Congress. Obama got to do it whenever he had a um, Democratic Congress. And Trump got to do it when he had his Republican Congress. And every time you do that, you make the president more power than it's ever supposed to be, and it builds on top of it. So the stuff Trump's been able to get away with is because we let we let Bush get away with it when we had Republicans, and we let Obama get away with it when we had Democrats. We need to hold the president to a higher standard, regardless of which party he's part of and regardless of which party is in power in Congress. The president was never supposed to be imperial. was never supposed to be a king. And, Ooh, that's and, what AOC and, said. Yeah, uh, and and then the problem is, is I've I've watched this and I've watched the erosion of just shame and standards of what we hold the president to, and and it's sad. It has become more tribal than anything else, and and so this kind of gets into now. My next thing is, what happens the day after the election? Let's say somebody wins. How do you feel? What do you do if your candidate wins? What do you feel? What do you do if your candidate loses? If he wins, I'm going to celebrate. Okay. <laughs> a and then what, bit. Ab- what about all your friends and stuff that weren't fans of him? What do you mean? Like how I'm going to talk to them or how yeah. they're going to react? Well, both. I mean, this is, this is a question, and this gets into the whole reason we started this podcast is whenever you do this, there is the divide is so bad. And so, and you can even hear on this conversation, you know, um, it gets tense when Terry and I talk about it. She's very emotional about it. You know, and very passionate about it. Which you passion- are as well. Uh, I am, and I and I am passionate, but I really am passionate about the fact that we should hold everybody to a standard that we're not holding anybody to, and that's the way things are. But the fact is, is that like it strains our relationship when we talk about this, which is why we generally avoid it. But day afterwards, one of us is going to be a winner, one of us is going to be a loser. Well, I think it goes back to when Obama won and the girls were coming home from school, you know, repeating what their friends had been saying, which was coming out of their parents' mouths. And it wasn't all great. So I sat them down and said, you know, we're going to figure this out. And then when Obama won, I sat them down. I don't know if you remember that. I don't. And I said, hey, girls, here's the deal. We have a new president. His name is Barack Obama. He's a a decent man. He's going to do the best job 
that he can possibly do. So I think that there is something to be said for respecting the office. So the office of president, some people would say, you know, the, the most important job in the world. So I think no matter who wins, you have to respect the office. So even if it's not your guy that won, that same message resonates with me like it did when I sat the girls down. So I guess I would sit my friends down and be like, hey, here's the deal. You know, whoever this is, they're not evil. They're not, they don't have horns. They're not the devil. They're not eating babies. Sorry, no one's doing that. Like, let's just pull it together, you know, reach across, shake hands, shake it out. I think that's the only option. Like, what's the other option? Yeah, well, but I mean, I, I've seen what you're saying but with, with, with Obama. I mean, with Obama and with Trump, both times. When Obama won, the right side, the high, high, and I have a lot of friends on that side, they never accepted it. They're like, it's not real. It's not fair. This thing happened. You know, he's, like I said, he's, uh, he, you know, he's not really American or the, you know, truthers or whatever stuff. And just accept, okay, this is now the president of, for all of us. The same thing happened when Trump got elected four years ago. Oh, he's not presidential. He's not this, the Russian this. And I know all of my far-left liberal friends, none of them have ever accepted that. Well, do you think he's presidential? I mean, he is the president, but do you believe that he's presidential? I don't think, I look, I, I am just as cringe as the rest of you guys whenever his tweets come out. They're bad. But one of the things that he's done that we haven't seen a president do in, in decades is actually put America's interests first in international affairs. We've given, you know, one of the things about Obama, which is documented, he was an apologist for America everywhere he went. And, you know, if you go to look at China, you go look at Russia, you go look at, at the Middle East, they all worry about their internal uh, house first. Like, they're not negotiating to make sure that we're taken care of. They make sure they're taken care of. So one of the things is he's presidential in the sense that he took on the mantle of putting America's interests first in the world. And we saw re renegotiation of NAFTA. We saw the renegotiation of the China agreements. We saw th those things happen well. What he did outside of how he handles the office, no, he doesn't handle it presidential. I think Obama handled the office brilliantly presidential, but did a ton of things like the Iran deal where he just gave a billion dollars of unmarked bills or we apologized or we didn't negotiate. We didn't push back any China deals. He, didn't, he wasn't presidential in the sense of taking care of the country and the economy. But he was very presidential in how he handled the office. If I could have a president that would handle America first, and not saying MAGA, I'm just saying, you know, uh, you know putting America's interests when they're negotiating, at, at it's first thing they consider when the other side's doing the same, then and be able to handle the office presidential, which I think Reagan and Clinton both did that. I think both, and I think Bush Senior, although he wasn't around, but both of them still handled both of that side. They did a good job in negotiations. They did a good job with being presidential. And we really have fallen off the cliff since then. And, and we've divided. And I think cable news and the Internet and memes have been a big part of it. You talked about, re about the resident chambers. We're not living as a, as, a, as a society anymore. We're living as two tribes. We have blue tribe and red tribe. And, and all we do is try to flame each other up. And you saw it explode this year earlier with all the riots and stuff. And it's just sad, you know, and I've seen it with my own family. I had, I remember a few years ago, I had, uh, my family was over and I, the tea party, it's when they were active. And I was like, I, I like some of the tea parties, uh, tenants, just like I've read through all the black Lives matters, the things that they're complaining and want fixed. I agree with 85 to 90% of it. I don't agree with the way they've gone about prosecuting what they're trying to do, but 
Well, the, the people that are the branch what? off, the looters, the burners, the whatever, are not part of the actual well, movement. No. Any more than solid Republicans are living in the woods with militia guns and white robes. But uh, even, so, but not even those. I'm just saying the people where some of the angry are yelling, like, but the, the stuff needs to come out. So I don't think a lot of people on the left side, or the right side, my side, you know, the conservatives, have ever even sat down and really looked at what Black Lives Matters wanted to accomplish? Just like no, because just, the first thing is all lives matter. Like that's just automatically what they say. Th- yeah, but just more of like, what is the systemic problems that need to be addressed? Because I have African American friends, and it you know the, the white privilege thing is real. It's real. It's because, like you said, if I get stopped for a traffic stop, they get stopped for a traffic stop. They do have a different experience, and it, and it's not shouldn't be that way, but. Just like the Tea Party, they needed to fix. There were some systemic problems with the way tax codes were done. They wanted to address that. You know, I didn't, you know, walk around with all the guns and stuff. And I'm not for that. But those problems needed to get fixed. But if I ever mentioned that I like what the Tea Party's trying to do to my my liberal friends, I literally, I told that at dinner. And my family members got up and left my house as I was serving dinner just because I said that. And that happened to me. But the same thing is whenever I say I like the Black Lives Matter, what they stand for, I have a lot of, you know, far red folks. They're going to have the exact same kind of reaction. And neither of those are acceptable. Yeah, I think it's uneducated, uh, uneducated gut reactions. So, I mean, my family, we have the exact same problem. I mean, they're from Louisiana. We talk about different things. And when I say, you know, Black Lives Matter, their first, like, very first next sentence is all lives matter. And of course all lives matter. Like, they completely matter. And then you get to hear blue lives matter. There are no such thing as blue lives. That's a job. It's not a color. It's not... Of course they matter. Of course police matter. And I'm not for defunding the police or any of those crazy, you know, far out left ideas. Although if you read up on it, it's not exactly as bad as it sounds. Well, but but I I mean, but, but, but on the police, it's like the Black Lives Matter, if you read what they're trying to accomplish, the police in most cases are implementing the policies that are being dictated to them. And then there's also, there's not a, a way the police need to, they need to ferret out the bad apples, you know, but. Yeah, this is a rabbit hole that yeah. we can just go down yeah, but I'm saying is, I, I, Yeah, and I don't want to get it, but I'm saying, but the point is that that's what, that's how if you have a dialogue that's open, that you can do that. But as we're in tribes, and you know we've got we've got the people that are Fox News and the people that MSNBCs are now CNN MSNBC kind of, and that's where they're getting their news. And then they're going online and they're finding things. And then big tech is killing out certain things they don't like, which is just further making that gulf even wider. You know, I, I, the first time in my life, I have I have real concerns about what's going to happen after an election. Never thought I would see that. But anyway, so this is on 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 the day after, you know. What, what I mean, so Phoebe, the day after Biden, if, you know, I know you're Biden supporter. Uh, Biden wins. Well, I, I'm not like a huge Biden fan, but when you compare Trump and Biden, I'm gonna obviously choose Biden. Yeah. But day after the election, for my friends who did vote for Trump, I'm just gonna talk to them as I did the day before. Like it's as long as I mean I'm not as long as you're not racist, homophobic, you know, you hate people i don't really care like your view is your view and that's fine and i'm going to talk to you just as i did before the election happened right and and that's perfect and now what happens if biden loses how's your reaction biden loses i'm gonna i'm gonna be sad and shocked uh probably a little bit angry if i'm being honest but i mean just gotta move on 
deal with it. If Biden wins, what what message would you want to send to Biden about how to govern in his first year? Like like what what things would you want to see out of him based on what how he campaigned on or what he did? What would you want to see him do? And what would you want to not see him do? Uh, I would like him to listen to science when it comes to COVID, take it a lot more seriously and do a lot more regarding it. That's mainly my concern because that's our main issue throughout the entire world right now is this pandemic. And as far as handling it in America goes, opening up businesses really soon. I get that it had to happen, but I mean, the second wave... I don't even think it's happened yet. And when it does, we have to be prepared more so than we are now. And I think if Biden, he said he listens to science, so I hope he'll stay true to his word and listen to science when it comes to dealing with this pandemic. So COVID's the number one thing you'd want him to focus on? Oh, yeah, for sure. Okay, interesting. So so now what about if... Trump wins again. What if you could give Trump advice of what he should do for this first year to focus on? Would it be the Basically same thing? Basically the same thing. Same thing. Basically same thing. Yeah. Yeah. But for him, I'd emphasize more on the listen to science and this is a serious thing. People are dying. This is not a thing to joke about or to take off your mask in front of the White House to say, look at me. I had COVID. I'm fine. Like that's not going to happen with everyone. <laughs> so same thing. Fantastic answer. The more I'm talking to you, the better I feel about our future. If you're, if you're what our future looks like. <laughs> Thanks. Terry and I are, you know, we're the, we're the end of our, we're the past now. It's you guys. I don't know. And when I turn on the TV, I just see really, really, really old, old <laughs> white men. That's the point. I'm like, oh my gosh. Oh God, that is sad and true. Why aren't they on a boat somewhere like high-fiving and fishing? Like, just let it go. Let it go. Move it on. Like, I just can't look. I, I don't have enough energy to do what either one of those men are doing every day right now. No, it's a lot. It's a whole lot. It's funny about Trump. They hate him or love him. You got to be impressed with the guy's level of energy. I mean, holy cow. He's doing like five events a day. Well, and he tweets like crazy yeah. times, like five in the morning. Oh, his thumbs must be massive. Like he, they originally showed, he's got to have these massive tweet thumb muscles. But anyway, so Terry, so I am impressed by his energy. So, so mine is if um, you know if Trump wins, I would first ask him to stop tweeting, please. You know, or well, everyone has said that his daughter, his wife, his cabinet, his people, his. Yeah press secretaries and they say they have no he will never stop no doing and, that. and look there is one thing about like i said actually i don't mind tweets i just wish it would just be more like I said presidential but the one thing about the tweets that's good is there's no filter so it's not like he, when he wants to get a message out his message is directly out and i think that's i think that genie's out of the bottle i think biden will use the same thing if he wins i think every president well, the will. retweeting of like hardcore conspiracy stuff i don't know no, no, I, i'm I not talking about that i'm just talking I about about what's going on the ability for the president to communicate directly to the, to the American people is not a bad thing. If they would just use it oh, a little bit. Oh, and that'll stay that way for sure. I mean, like even the Pope tweets. I know. That's so what I'm saying. It's so that's not going so the idea of that not going through the filter of the media or the filter of, of stuff is, is not a bad thing. But just be a little bit more judicial in how you do it. And then the other one is, is that I really, really would like to see both sides, if Trump's in, to stop acting like school children and do their jobs. Like we've talked about it, you know, get McConnell to do his job. Stop holding up all the bills and then get votes in the Senate. 
but McConnell's doing it just like Harry Reid did it back when Bush was president. And I didn't like it then, and I don't like it now. Uh, you don't get to choose what your job is. Your job is, is to bring bills up and have them voted on, and they don't do it. And, and stop having Trump do it and have, have Congress and the president start working together and stop slamming each other and start showing, being an example to people of what it, it's like to be adults and to run something as important as all this stuff with COVID, you know, with the economy. The world is watching right. for sure. And, and, so, and it's I been mean, bad. What? It's been bad for a decade plus. It was, it's been bad for a long, long time. And it's on both sides and they're all to blame. It's like, you know, so anyway, that's what I'd like to see. And if Biden wins, then I'd like to make sure that he understands that he's be part of a long tradition and not try to change all the laws uh, in like court packing and um, getting rid of, of filibustering and things like that. I know that's a main concern for you. It, it's it, a real it is thing. because again, I, the passions of the day shouldn't change the fundamental structure of, of the United States, either side. I don't like it. I always love split government because very little happens. What does happen is what needs to happen. That's why I think Clinton's second term was so good because they didn't like each other, but they did work together on big major things that needed to happen. And and when you I don't think that because there's a populist movement one way or the other that we should fundamentally change the structure of things and then push a bunch of stuff through. I just, do you think a four-year president would have time to do oh that? Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, Roosevelt that. almost did it. But, yeah, the court packing it. it would, that was a while ago. And most people, yeah, but that's the same model that he's talking to do because the Supreme Court's not fixed on the Constitution. They could pass a law that would change it, change the things, and then get rid of filibuster, and then they could push any law that right. they wanted to. And that's not what's good. So my father Biden was work within the structure that's, that's worked for the last – 150 years and don't try to change it because of the current political whims of the day you've won and and then also don't take for both either candidate don't do what obama did when he first came in and said look i won you lost election have consequences that doesn't set anybody up for success and it doesn't heal the country because 50 percent of the country is going to feel scorned and i really want whichever president takes over to reach out across the aisle and heal because that's the only thing that's going to make well, us all survive. Well, I we yeah we can all that's a kumbaya moment. Yeah. I think we can dream big. Yeah, <laughs> that's a but, bold wish. <laughs> but but I also think that, that that also we can ask that of our leaders. But I think this is again one of the reasons swinging back to why I want to do this little call was, I think this is what we need to ask of ourselves and both whether you're far right, far left, independent, is try to find things that will allow you to heal relationships that have been maybe damaged during these last few months. And don't try to, you know, if you know that you don't agree politically, then just find things that you do agree on. And I think that's what Terry, as you and I have done a lot over the last six months. We have rough, rough spots that we just ignore and we stay the best of friends. Uh, So that's my greatest hope. And again, this little circling back, and of course we talk longer than we always intend to, but um, is that we, I just hope that no matter who wins, no matter how it's done, that we can, on the news channels, on the blog feeders, everything else, stop sowing hate and dissension. Well, we will just not do that on Tea with Terry. No, so we never there do. you go, world. You just come right back over here, and we will not talk about the tough things. <laughs> uh, we just did. Well, the thing is, like, this one did, and even this one, we talked about it, but we didn't, you and I, we don't agree on this right now, but it's not going to affect, I, whoever wins on, on the election, is not going to affect us. Right. Well, for me, it is just going to be another flashback moment to Obama. So hopefully, you know, it goes one way and we can make that decision. So I would sit 
my little family down and be like, okay, Biden's not a monster. We know that Trump already is. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I mean, Ouch. But see, that's not healing, no. Terry. I'm you didn't kidding. just heal. I'm you just, just kidding. You didn't heal. Kidding. Well, we all know who Trump is. He's not. He's not. He's not shy, and he's not in the shadows. And he is front and center. You know what you got? Whether they are talking about science, and he is taking over the mic, or they are talking about foreign <laughs> policy, and he is taking over the mic, like. He is not a very good delegator. That's, you didn't ask me, but if I had a chance to say, you know, like, hey, you know, what would I like Trump to do? That's what I would like to see Trump do if he continues to be our president for the next four years is get somebody that knows what they're talking about and then moonwalk right out the door and just assume (laughs) that this person is doing the best job that they can do and he doesn't need to micromanage them anymore. And you don't have to fire them if they don't agree with you. When you appoint somebody to an office, then you just have to let them do it. So I just don't think he's a very good delegator. I think that he is a micromanager and he probably has learned to be that way being a businessman for so long. He hasn't been in politics. Right. So in a business office that you have your name on the building, if somebody comes in and they don't like what you're selling, then you just say, well, you're fired. Get out. So I think he got so used to being like, you're fired. You're off the island. I'm not giving you a rose whatever so in politics like nobody's going to always agree with every single thing in your cabinet i mean there's it's just the way that it is so you delegate whatever it is to the scientists the pandemic hand it over on a silver platter and then moonwalk out the door do what they tell you to do say what they tell you to say encourage the american people to do the right thing and just let it work Instead of hijacking it. And so what would be your advice to so Biden? Yeah. Biden, I would say to Biden, sort of like you said, like don't go in the office on day one and just start, you know, scrambling the eggs. Like we need unity. We need to be brought together. We need to find common ground. Can't really worry about the 10% on the outside of both, but the middle, the 80% in the middle, find common, find commonality. And if it's fighting this virus together, as a nation, I can't think of a stronger nation to find the possible vaccine and to distribute the vaccine and to be an example for the world in other countries that don't have as much as we have. So what if we actually got it right? What if we actually got it right and we started to see the numbers go down and we started to pay attention to the the actual problem and not inflating the numbers and not you know, friends of friends that are getting a letter in the mail that says your COVID test came back positive when in fact they never took a COVID test. So wheel it in, like make sure that the states are not going rogue and trying to get all their own stuff. Regarding that, there's been one thing that's just mystified me that's been in the discussions that's public domain. Everybody blames Trump. Like I still, what I've never gotten from Biden came everything else is what did Trump do badly that biden would have fixed you know what he did badly he he left it up to the states to figure out so everybody was going completely rogue as opposed to being on a federal level and being like this is the way we're gonna handle it but did they have the right to do that at a federal level yes absolutely i don't know if they do because the federal laws they are restricted in what they can do to the states well yeah but this is this supersedes this is like crisis Like time. flooding in Katrina. Like they couldn't just all of a sudden send the National Guard. They had to wait for the states to ask for it. Are, are the the riots in Portland? They can't go in there without the states. Right. But this is this supersedes that. It does. Yes, it does really it, does. I mean, does it, do, is the federal government really enumerated with the power to do that? 
And that's the question is, you may think yes, it should do it, are. but constitutionally, can they tell the states what to do? Look it yes. up. <laughs> yes. What? Yes, they can. Okay. Yeah. Because I don't can. think they can. That's that's one of the things that I thought was. But he's still saying like the nurses are still in PPE. I mean, do you really think that no, that's true? No, I don't true? think it's true at all. But I also think like. Was like, it ever true? But the thing you about like, that in the beginning they were doing that? The Biden versus Trump thing, like Trump was Trump to shut down the immigration from China, even though the World Health Organization World Health Organization said, "No, it's fine. Let them come in." Shut down Europe, and nobody. No, right. He doesn't, well, get, that's, that's he doesn't whole, get credit for yeah. that. So I'm saying he didn't do everything wrong. Here's the thing: when um, one of my best friends at college supports Trump, but um, she made a point to me, and she was like, "Well, you have to acknowledge what Trump has done." And my point of view is, no, actually, I don't. Because to me, that's like saying, you know, look at the, I mean, it, it's an extreme analogy, but look at this serial killer. He saved a puppy off the side of the road. He might have killed 50 people, but you have to acknowledge what he did. Yeah. yeah. No, and I don't. That's, your analogy is right, but I'm saying the, the problem is it's easy to look back 2020 on a pandemic that nobody's ever expected and know, oh, maybe should have done this. But the preemptive things that he did did save a lot of lives. Uh, Fauci's even said this. Shutting down China, which the World Health Organization condemned. Biden said he was a xenophobic when he did it. Biden wouldn't have done it. That probably saved huge lives. So maybe he screwed up in a big way one way, but this is where my problem with nobody sees the middle. Trump's done some dumb, stupid things. He's done some good things, but nobody will admit it because it's not helping well, their cause. Yeah, because his dumb things are so much louder. Exactly. And, well, I mean, louder, they could be talking I'm, about a lot of things right now, like the economy, you know, some things that he's done that are really, really good. But instead, they're still harping on how many people were at his inauguration. Like, really? We're you have still to look at it worried about that? You have to look at it on a continuum of both pros and cons. Yeah, and I agree with that, Phoebe. I mean, it's a good point. And oh my God, are you speaking like a college professor now? I know. You're so damn she, smart. She is. <laughs> so let me go back. First of all, so, you know, we're at the end and, and I think we all have agreed as much as we've crossed each other on different things that what we want at the end of this is for everybody to accept whatever the thing is and just have some peace in our lives. So make sure you reach out. Sure. Don't reach out to everybody that feels the way you do. Reach out to those friends of yours that feel opposite and make sure they feel better at the end of this or you feel better that your friendship still is whole and you guys don't get into foxholes. Right. There's no such thing as a red state or a blue state. We are the United States of America. And on Wednesday, that's exactly that's right. what we're going to do. You be. say it. Like George Bush, America. Thank you. You don't say the that, A. America. And I love that. No. that that's, that's patriotic. I, it was very good having both you and I different perspectives and having your daughter's perspective. So, Phoebe, thanks for joining. And you're always welcome. And like I said, I'm glad that you're part of, you're participating in informing, you know, voting and being part of, of what is. Everyone should vote. And if you don't vote, don't complain. Exactly. Because you don't, you had an opportunity. You know, if you vote and then your right doesn't get elected, the other one doesn't wrong, you say, well, my guy probably wouldn't have done that. But still, that's who our president is. I hopefully he makes good choices. And I tell you, Phoebe, talking to you gives me, revitalizes my encouragement and humanity in that because well i like to think i raised a little free thinker uh, you definitely did you definitely yeah did. I, i'm glad I you mean, did mainly because she was exposed to me at an early age and i think it's probably what helped right right when she was two i was like get away from him anyway uh you guys stay safe for the election and uh, hopefully yeah, hopefully this is like it's supposed to be when the results come in everybody accept it and life goes on and well, i'm going to post this before the election so this will be posted to bar night and then uh next time we'll be talking we'll have a new president hopefully that's so exciting right. well i do have to ask you very quick like do you have a do you have a menu plan an election night 
menu, a special meal? I don't do special meals, but I, I do always get a big, huge bucket of popcorn, chips, and salsa. Usually because I'm expecting to know who the president is at the end of the night. I have very little confidence in that, but yeah, I, I it, it's an event for me. It always has been. I'm going to do a meal. Like, we're going to start Are you the appetizers at four, and then I'm planning on... You know, three or four sides and a main dish coming out between, you know, five and eight. And five and eight? That's and a nine. big yeah. time range. Oh, I'm going to be cooking. We're going to be we're gonna be all really? in. We're all in See, this I, I think I'm oh, going to yeah. go really core American. I'm just going to go to Wiener Schnitzel and just get five hot dogs. Right. Yeah, I mean, do it. Be, be a traditional American. I think Wiener Schnitzel might <laughs> I'm be foreign. Eat some, I think I'm you should something do very high a in fat, very low in nutritional value. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be an American. <laughs> I'm owning it. I'm owning it. The COVID diet. Yeah. All right. Well, our meal is going to definitely kick your meals a little ass. <laughs> yeah, so well, we got that. We got, we won that. My, my meal is going to get through my digestive tract faster than your oh, meal. Oh, that's true. <laughs> it's going to be racing. <laughs> I wish you luck. <laughs> All right. All right, guys. Hey, I appreciate you taking the time and uh, happy birthday again, Terry. And we will talk okay, to you. Thank talk you. to you after the election. I'm going to go play with Terry doll. Okay. Thanks, bye. Bye. All right. Bye, Phoebe. Safe travels. Yes. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. I'm just a bill. Yes, I'm only a bill. As I'm sitting on Capitol Hill. Dawn, that's the end.